What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is January 14th, 2022. This is Fightful Wrestling, brought to you by athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Please support all of our great sponsors uh, because they bring you these shows. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Follow them on Twitter at athleticgreens. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Some good, some bad. Smackdown, Rampage, but it felt like today the buzz was all about Lita. Like that's what everybody was excited about. And Fightful Select broke some news about Lita this evening. We'll tell you all about that in minutes. We got Kate Hensler here. Kate, how you doing? Sean, to be honest, I'm kind of cranky. I had a rough week. I had some dumb stuff happen business-wise. Uh-huh. I have people being mean to people that I love, but you know how that could all get better? By watching Stardom and Tokyo Joshi Pro. All night long. Well, first of all, that goes without saying. <laughs> Second of all, I was setting you up for the obvious. Subscribe to Fightful Select for $5 a month. <laughs> well, guys. Your super chats, your humper chaps. Do that. Thumbs up on this video. That's what I was doing. But you just had to go for the little, the little diggity diggity, didn't you? I did. I watched <laughs> Scream last night, so I was in a stabby mood. Anyway, guys, leave that thumbs up. Donate a super chat, a humper chat. You might say, what the hell is a humper chat? Well, go to humperchats.com. I promise it's not a porn site. It is our donation site where you can get your question or statement read on the air. We'd be greatly appreciated. Big thank you to Luis, who is uh, handling those on the back end. But we've got a ton of content uh, tonight, or not tonight, this week. Leo Rush of AEW and New Japan had an interview with him. Was so happy about that. Zicky Dice, oh man, doing an interview with him is always so much fun ahead of Outlandish Paradise. And as uh, this night kind of finished, uh, I finished up the rough draft of Inside the Royal Rumble 2. Over 8,000 words will be dropped on Fightful Select first, then on Fightful Stories Behind the Royal Rumble. Before we do that, I want to uh, wish Joe Holbert well. He announced today that he would be moving on from Fightful. Uh, on and off, we've, we've been with uh, Joe for five years, and he's done some incredible stuff. He is very talented, and I just want to thank him for all the stuff that he's done at Fightful, uh, except for the review that he did with me when Goldberg beat The Fiend. I will not thank him for that because that was one of the worst days of my professional career. <laughs> that was miserable. But uh, they they created something really special at The Distraction, and I know Jeremy has some really – great ideas in store for that channel but i, I want to specifically thank joe Holbert. he has been great from mma coverage boxing coverage pro wrestling coverage he's done just uh, such an incredible job and i know he'll keep doing great stuff so uh send your love to him guys we would greatly appreciate it and please continue to support uh that fightful distraction channel we got smackdown we've got rampage what should we lead off with like i wonder uh, I mean, SmackDown did have Lita on it, so it kind of feels like that, but everybody likes it more when we lead off with Rampage. So. I know, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to lead off with Rampage. Actually, we're going to lead off with GCW, because Anakin says not about SmackDown or Rampage, but Cardona and GCW Notorious had an awesome promo saying that the last ECW champion wasn't Rhino, but Ezekiel Jackson, Indy Cardona rules. Uh, Kate GCW did the wave, so Alba has no excuse to not like it anymore. Well, 
Speaking of, by the way, he's stealing Dixie Carter's material. This was a TNA storyline years ago. This this uh, WWE ECW was the real ECW story. But I've got interviews with Matt Cardona and Joey Janela dropping next week ahead of the Hammerstein Ballroom show. You guys are going to love it. Big J says, losing a pet today after 14 years was tough. Thankfully, I have AEW and something to take my mind off of it. Thanks for what you guys do. Well, thanks for being here. I hear that a lot. A lot of people tell us that sometimes when they're going through some rough stuff, we help them through it, uh, and we hope so. Um, I know that that Kate gets through her tough times by watching Maki Ito and stardom Obviously. all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Can't turn it off. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Just keep it coming. Just keep it coming. Just keep piling on. I'm like, oh, I had a rough week. And Sean was like, I, oh, why don't I just help listen, jump down your throat? In listen, case it's, not like it's it's in it's in good, good faith. Is it? Because seriously, I'll say this. Who could possibly give a fuck? Who could possibly? Wait, I know. Absolute dorks that want to be mad at everything. R26's last Humper Chat for a while. Need a mental break. From to me, WWE and AEW's bad booking decisions. I'll be listening and thanking and thank you all for keeping me up to date. So I'll know when to jump back in. Well, we can't wait to have you back, my friend. Uh, we, we always appreciate the support that you guys give us. Nerd Guru says, Kate, even if your week was crappy, you still rule. Oh, and your dad, the undefeated Paul Hensler, is goaded. My dad has not lost a single wrestling match. Literally this year or ever, which is more than I can say for MJF. Yes. Who is winless. And the only thing that he's done this year is get squashed in 47 seconds. So <gasps> sucker. Chris Mueller chants Joe and says, Kate needs a lariat Joel for that madcap prediction. Oh boy. Well, let's go ahead and talk about AEW. Well, and he also in general, because arguing with people online is pointless. I'm just going to throw lariats at everyone. So that's that works. what works. Yeah, that's what Chris was in reference to. Our idiot moderator Joel Pearl has said that he thinks Madcap Moss is going to win the IC title. We can circle back think, to that. I think later he might. I think he might. Uh, Paul yeah. Heyman had. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for then. But uh, guys, yeah, thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up. BSC Geek says I was at PNC Arena for Dynamite and Rampage. Crowd seemed only into Punk and Cole. Had a great time though. Thanks for all you guys do. Well, let's get into it. Cole against Trent. This was a fun match. Um, the the nut shots are are making a, a stiff comeback in wrestling these days. Good old good old wiener shots. And you know what? You got to really credit China. She paved the way for this generation's behind the back low blow. Like I mean, made it so visually beautiful. Revitalized the low blow as we know it today. Uh, this match was a lot of fun. I like that Britt was out there because she's setting up the match that they're going to have next week. The action was great. Just deep inside of me, deep inside of me, when I see pile drivers and front flip pile drivers, I'm like, I want it to end the match. I just want it to end the match. But that's not going to happen anymore. And I've got to get over it. I got I got to move on. Accept it, Sean. I got to accept it. What would you think of this match? I, I really liked this match. I feel like nobody is going to have a neck anymore. Based on what I saw, there was a lot, lot, lot of, as you said, pile drivers and a really cool Canadian destroyer counter by Cole at 1.2. 
I thought this was a great start to the show. They seem to like putting Cole in this spot, which I think is is, is a wise call. He, he owns this spot. 10 p.m. on Friday is, is Adam Cole's spot for sure. And I think it's smart because if people are tuning in from SmackDown, you're going to have that carryover where that guy's a little bit recognizable, so not a bad call. But also in the live experience, his entrance is just so over that it's a really fun way to carry that momentum into Rampage as well. And we've said before, sometimes it feels like the opener is kind of the main event on the show because you don't want to be leaving really juicy stuff until the end of this kind of like death slot of of this time period. But I really liked this. Trent looks great coming back from injury. It feels like he didn't really miss a beat. I haven't seen a ton of ring rust in, in general and in this match. Liked Britt being out there. I don't, just a personal thing, not really into like the couples mixed tag thing. This is kind of a more fun one because Britt is such a character, but I also don't need my women's champion doing this in the state of the women's division. I feel like it's really, really growing and improving and kind of wish there were more stories being told with her, especially since we're pushing Thunder Rosa off even further, it seems like, with this Mercedes Martinez angle. So not the biggest fan of that. I have a feeling it'll be a one-off. It's not going to be anything too detrimental. But as far as an opener to the show, I, I thought this was great and some some really great hard-hitting stuff. I think there was a spot on the apron too was there an apron pile driver or did i make yeah, that up like, yeah and this this is what i come to expect from this spot on rampage as well cadillac carson says when i saw the first panama sunrise i thought why is that not a finisher also how is sue after this match <laughs> so uh we we get the audience running down uh, or not the audience the the groups running down gang wars <laughs> gang wars and uh anybody knows that i'm i'm not a big fan of it but when it happens to the degree it's happening these days as opposed to how it used to happen i don't mind it however i thought that that episode of dynamite had like 10 pounds of shit shoved into a five pound sack (laughs) we did not need all that spread it out a little bit or move it to next week we didn't need two matt hardy promos Everything was interrupt, 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 walking down, unscheduled. I, I don't necessarily need that. I'll tell you what I need. We've got Britt Baker doing this feud. I would like for her to move on quickly after this. Thunder Rosa, Britt is the move. And I think that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker should main event double or nothing. And before anybody goes, huh, wh- what? what? Why? Men's world title has never main evented that show. Ever, ever, never. And it would be a great feather in both of their caps to say, we did it before the men did it too. For the men's world title. that It's just got to go there. People that I talk to think maybe it happens at Revolution or maybe Britt loses it before then. But, oh man. Well, I don't think so. Because I think we're getting Rosa and Mercedes Martinez in a feud. And that's going to sure. take up some time. And here's an idea. As of right now, basically the way that the stories are playing out it should be the main event because I think it's going to be the most compelling feud going into the pay-per-view. I think Cole and Paige, if that's what they're setting up, I think that could be really great. But I also think, like, I, I feel like it's pretty obvious who's going to win that in, in my book. They could shock us, but I think for the most part, it's pretty clear that uh, in in my head that Paige is going to retain, though I think that match will be great and the feud will be wonderful. Robert says GCW at Harpo's in Detroit is awesome. I keep seeing a lot of great things out of it. I'm going to watch it uh, this weekend at some point. Chairman section says tuning into the Kate show after Rampage is a weekly highlight. Hoping next week is better for you. F Thank the you. Haters. I agree. F the haters. 
Well, uh, Rosa versus Mercedes had a video package. Then it was followed by Sean Spears beating Andrew Everett quickly. I'm glad Andrew Everett got a little tiny bit of shine here, and the crowd did a little ooh and ah, really dug that. Then Sean Spears took to the mic and took a shot at Wardlow, saying that Punk was no longer dealing with a one-move wonder with two years of experience in there. I saw that you didn't quite like that line, Kate. It wasn't that line as much as what followed it. I didn't love okay. him saying... Oh, the seven-year thing. The yeah, seven-year yeah. thing. Just because I feel like if you're going to do that story, a couple months ago would have been the, the time for that sure. a little bit. I feel like at this point, undefeated Punk has really proven against a variety of opponents mm. that... Uh, that that's not the case. Like if you're undefeated this long into it, you're looking pretty good. You face Darby Allen, you face Hobbs, you face Kingston, like not so much like the, you don't have what it takes after seven years. You got your shit kicked in a lot of times and still have one happened with Wardlow. I think we're headed for a Wardlow split. So that line I did like, um, but I just wish he had kind of said something more to the effect of like, uh, even though he's a, a one-hit wonder, he did a lot of damage with that power bomb, and I'm a smart, savvy veteran, and I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you're still going to be hurting when I when I face you, or something along those lines. Better worded than I'm a smart, savvy veteran, but that sentiment, I think, would have been a little bit better. I really like Sean Spears. I feel like he's finally settling into a character that's going to stick around, and I'm glad he's on my screen. I thought the delivery was great. Just that little tweak, I'm like, I kind of feel like Punk is... Being undefeated this long, he's he's kind of proven that the seven-year lapse is something that he's overcome. And not to mention, he I know he got his ass kicked in MMA, but like if you're training MMA, you can probably take some punishment. <laughs> sure. I do think there's something to be said, like maybe the sustained damage would be too much for him or something like that. But I loved the Wardlow lines and Wardlow reacting in the background. This is like... I had somebody ask recently, oh, well, what do you think their next two or three year build will be after Hangman? And I'm like, it's happening right now. Wardlow. It's It's been a two something year build and they're they're going towards it. Josh Cardenas says, do you guys agree with Lance Storm that the Punk Wardlow match hurts Punk's aura? A little bit. I talked to Lance Storm about Dynamite uh, at length the other night and I agreed with a lot of what he said. Um I do think there's plenty of interest still in Punk and MJF. I think that Wardlow should just be that wrecking machine that nobody can stop. I I, I do think it impacted it a little bit, but also we are talking about a mid-40s guy that is very much on like a Rocky Balboa in the 2000s run as opposed to CM Punk 2011. I agree, and I feel like... CM Punk versus the Pinnacle is going to be all about outsmarting the younger guys. And I'm okay with that. Like him handing MJF the loss via disqualification. It's not like he beat the hell out of MJF to get that win, which was a win for Sean Dean. But I think it's okay when you have someone as young and dominant as Wardlow. And quite frankly, I feel like needs to look good in big matches. We saw him lose in that terrible work shoot fight we saw him lose against Cody in the cage I think if you want Wardlow to be a believable monster even if he's losing it's gotta look something more like this and Punk wants to put people over and I'm a Bret Hart mark so him with the crawling out of the powerbomb oh. spot warms my heart so much that's, so <laughs> that's one of my favorite finishes of all time like Bret Hart and Diesel that that is just and it's the first time I saw anybody go through a table 
Oh man. It's beautiful. He uses Bret Hart as a textbook and then puts yeah. his own punkness on top of it. And I am all for that. <laughs> Nerd Drew says, who would you put in the first AEW world title six man ladder match? I'd say make it Kenny, Page, Cody, the Bucks, and Cole, the Elite. God damn, that sounds fun. There, I mean, I'm telling you, when Cody eventually gets in there with Cole, Hangman, and Bucks, part of me, deep inside, deep, deep, deep down inside, believes that this is all orchestrated. Like, even the behind-the-scenes squabbles or whatever. Sure. Like, I, I think, ooh, if they're smart about it, because people love that, and that's such an easy one. Oh, because everybody predicted it. Issues between the EVPs, yada, yada. Oh, of course. I My only thing is I love Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful, and if you're not going to give Proud and Powerful the tag titles, put it on them or or put them against somebody, but I love that story. Alex thinks the story they're telling is that uh, Punk is going to have to start cutting the corners. I think so too, eventually, because this shows, and, and again, that's that's why I don't necessarily agree with Lance's point, although I learned an incredible amount from him. I think this is exposing Punk as needing to cut those corners. I'll take that story too. It's a hell of a story. And I also, in general, just, I am the biggest Punk Mark in the world. He's not Brian Danielson. He's never pretending to sure. be. He's not the best in the world in the ring at this. Like, I love how separate their trajectories have felt considering that they both came in around the same time and are about the same age. Just completely Saw different stories. Sawyer says, hear me out. That Spears segment was low-key. Actually, a Wardlow promo. He said so much without saying anything. His face and gestures are so good. That's how Triple H and Batista did it. And look at what they did. One of the best builds for a WrestleMania match of all time. Jonathan says, felt like Rampage... Uh, is stacked like an 80 Saturday night main event. That's what I like to feel like. I like to feel like that it's it's that type of show. And Mark Henry doing that line adds so much to it. Nico says, <laughs> feels like Impact is having a better 2022 thus far than WWE or AEW. Ratings don't matter in Impact. Their matches and angles have been great all around. ROH partnership included. So there's just more in Impact to praise and complain about. I don't think there's a partnership. I think they just signed a bunch of people that used to work there. <laughs> And got permission to use one of their titles. By the way, watch Roxy versus Deanna Perrazzo. Um, and if you if you followed Fight Before a long time, you know I've enjoyed Deanna's work for a very long time. I was interviewing her and having her write for the site like four years ago. So this makes me very very happy. Mark Losper says, uh, "I thought <laughs> he's not watching today because he's musicking." I thought it said mucusing. Oh, I'm God, like, oh, musicking no. sounds more fun, I yes. hope, depending on what band you're listening to, I guess. He says, but still <laughs> dropping some support for Fightful today. Hope your next week is better, Kate. Maybe everyone chill from going after wrestling personalities on Twitter. Maybe chill from going after anybody on Twitter. I can't understand how some of you stay so upset at everything all the time. It's got to be exhausting, and this year has been so much better for me since I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm Hector says... WTF is this? You're not sponsored by Blue Chew? Thumbs down. Not really, but with Veer coming, he needs some Blue Chew. I mean, they still sponsor eight shows a month for us, my friend, and the magazine. So, and uh, Veer needs more Blue Chew because he has not come yet. So. He, he stopped coming <laughs> for a while. He stopped. RLGA <laughs> says if the mixed tag works, I like the potential. Not that it has to be a constant thing, but the idea of Anna J with Dark Order. Bunny with Butcher and the Blade, Julia with the Blondes or Black, having women in stables. Uh, 
being able to be involved. I would love to see the trios titles be able to be free birded with women or like free, free, free boated, free, free bird. No, I, I love it. I love it. I don't, I don't know what it would be or, or some adjustment to make it like not even an intergender title. It's just, I mean, there, there's lots of spots there. We're going to talk about Lita later. A little team extreme type thing. Sounds like a yeah. blast to me. Why not? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. ShotKid29 says, side question, if Danielson Gresham happens on AEW for the RH title, do you think it's on a Dynamite uh, special or pay-per-view? Um, I think they should do it on a special. I think a special would work with that type of audience. Do it in a town that you know would appreciate technical wrestling too. Tom LaValle says, 10 p.m. for Adam Cole, 10.30 for Hook, 10.45 for uh, Daniel Garcia, Rampage, in William Regal's voice. Uh, Daniel Garcia has main evented an awful lot of dynamite actually. And I'm glad because that guy is going to be very, very special. He is like, they were talking about the pillars and who are the, who's the next level on the Mark order podcast. We joke once those pillars turn into walls, who's next Daniel Garcia is, is definitely that guy. This was not a great episode of rampage because hook wasn't on it. So you're just working at an automatic disadvantage, I think. Myron asks if it's true that PCO signed with Impact. Yes, and and a few others I'm working on. Mark Losper says, sorry, except to say, as much as I love Lance, he's looking at it the wrong way. We're supposed to see it as, wow, look what Wardlow is doing to Punk, not, wow, Punk is so bad now. Yes, this is saying Wardlow's up next. He, he's, he's up next. Ed Weber says, can they stretch MJF Punk feud for seven weeks until Revolution now that Punk has started? The trials feel like they may need to fight in Cleveland. No, I think they, they will. I think they'll fight at Revolution. That's the way they'll do it. And um, yeah, I, I I think it's the right thing to do. American Top Team promo. Chris Rain says Scorpio needs to be the next TNT champion. Dan says, give Scorpio Sky that belt. And Cadillac says, maybe they've done this before, but I was absolutely stunned that Dan Lambert was on screen and didn't say a word. It was nice. It was Kate. It was simple effective build and Dan Lambert now can generate heat just by standing there and not talking. It was my favorite Dan Lambert promo uh-huh. ever. Cause he didn't talk and because Ethan Page and Scorpio sky really are great. I love that with the two of them as convoluted as the angle has gotten with adding Dan Lambert, the inner circle stuff for the two of them, they create a tremendous amount of clarity as far as why they're out there, what the purpose of the match is, going after the belt. Like, there's just never anything that feels superfluous when the two of them are talking, and I love it. 
It, it's really good. It's really good. Nerd Guru says there's pillars, and then Hook has his own building. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ricky Starks was out on commentary, and he was talking trash about about Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal showed up and explained uh, why he came, why he came to help uh, Dante. But I mean. Th- they ignored Leo Rush here. Like, I don't like this ignoring of Leo Rush. I don't know what's going on with that, but it did feel like just poof out of nowhere. Glennie says, love seeing uh, Lethal explain his dynamite interference. And Delo says, uh, Taz got the Road Warrior-esque pop of the night. Uh, <laughs> and Taz is like, I don't give a shit about Ring of Honor, uh, which is great too. Uh, as someone who does give a shit about Ring of Honor, Kate... How did you feel about all this? That was rude. That was so well, rude. Well, I mean, it's not often I get the one person who does, like, on the air, relax. right? You relax, young man. You know, how many times are you going to come at me, man? I just want to do this and enjoy my weekend, Sean. Oh, my God. No, Go I, ahead. I love Taz is just, God, what a tremendous amount of value he adds to the commentary team and what a different flavor he adds than anybody else in there. How wasn't he on a show for years? Like, how the hell wasn't he on a show? That and Tony Schiavone, I sincerely like. Man, just absolutely pitch perfect. I really liked Jay Lethal pulling out the card that I've been waiting for them to pull out, which was that the FTW title is not something that is recognized and it's not a real title. I feel like you can't go to that well too often. And this was a good time to do it. Like they didn't rush this. The FTW title has just kind of been there. They've made it feel relevant, but it's not a recognized title. And I was glad that he was the guy to do this. This felt like an appropriate spot for it. Um, but I like yeah. that Lethal said, it matters to you though. And taking that away from you is important to me. That that gives it that million dollar belt aura of everybody knew it meant something to Ted even if it didn't mean anything to WWE as a company. Absolutely. And I think I always find it fun when it's the face taking something of value away from the heel like that. I feel like is a little bit more rare. And I feel like it's a really fun dynamic of no, it's not like always the good guy who's getting something harnessed from him. So this, this felt like a good promo to me. I liked that lethal said, I'm still the new guy around here, but kind of, he just really clarified his position of who he was and why he was there, which is what a promo should do. Um, but yeah, the, the Leo Rush stuff being ignored feels weird and makes me like a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah. Sawyer says it's minor, but I don't like wrestler comes out to respond to something on commentary angle. Fans in the building have to be so confused. Yes, it happens a lot. And yes, yes. Uh, Shot Kid 29 says shouts to Garcia's Twitter account. It's gold. Yes, I'll give shout out to that without mentioning the people that he dunked on because they don't deserve it. Nyla Rose, Bunny, and Penelope Ford defeat Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch. I enjoyed this match. Uh, Eloquent says that Chris Statlander's submission to Penelope looked amazing. It was amazing. This was a vehicle to promote Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch's feud. They cannot coexist. But the fact that pretty soon they're not going to be trying to coexist, they're just going to fight each other. I don't have that much of a problem with this. Plus, give me more Layla Hirsch. Give me oh, more God. Layla Hirsch. I want it. She's Damn it. So great. I really liked this match. I think Penelope has come a really long way as far as leaning into her strengths and being able to hide her weaknesses. And some of that comes with a, a really good dance partner and some of the spots that we saw there. 
Um, I really appreciated how much Chris Statlander has just been fantastic since coming back. She's always been great, but my goodness, and she's been back Brand from her new. injury, like absolutely beautiful. I would love to see her be the next TBS title holder or coming up somewhere soon with that. I think that would be really, really great because I feel like she's the right person to be able to have kind of an open challenge feel with that title and make a lot of people look great in the process. I like this can't really coexist angle for a few reasons. One, we don't get it to death on AEW. So while I'm tired of it in general, I have to judge the product that's in front of me and its own context, not in the context of all the wrestling I watch. And it feels kind of more organic because it feels more about what's happening in the ring than like, you're a bitch and I hate you now. Like, it feels like, man, we just cannot get on the same page a little bit. Like, yeah. it feels so much about getting the task that's in front of them done is the issue, not like, I hate you. Well, I hate you. <laughs> like, just feels like they can't coexist because they're just not, not getting it down. So this was a really good match. And man, that submission to Penelope between Penelope's flexibility oh, so was just like out of control good. She looked like she was folded in half. Ricardo says Layla and Team Taz is a slam dunk. Should Months. be. It should be. And Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Sullivan says, I love what they're doing with the legit Layla. This is much needed. She's awesome. And to your point, um, my primary complaint about Chris Statlander before the injury was that she didn't wrestle aggressively enough compared to her physical stature related to other wrestlers. And that has been completely rectified. Well, it was time for the main event. Dark Order played the kazoos. And Christian's like, oh, I get it because I used to play the kazoos. That, that's funny. Before we get to that, uh, I love me some Sova says Layla Hirsch in a stable with Danielson, please. I would like it if Danielson had a shooter stable. I would really, really love it. No, but I want Serena Deeb in that stable. You're right. Why not both? Sure. Why not both? But uh, the main event happened. Holy crap. Not a not a rule on earth was observed and not a shit was given by me. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Although, you know, if I if I tweet that, I'll have Dax finger wagon me publicly on Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was mindless action. And sometimes I like mindless action. Sometimes I like explosions. Sometimes I like all that. And I, I don't worry, people. I haven't I haven't skipped the real main event of this. We're going to be talking about the acclaimed in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> but damn, this match was balls to the wall. Okay, so yes, there was a lot of really really great stuff. I say I feel like a broken record with this a little bit, but because the dark order is so damn funny, I feel like it's very easy to overlook how great the people in it are. Like Stu Grayson's unbelievable. I wish we got to see him more. Silver and Reynolds are both fantastic individually and as a tag team. Uno's great. Like, there's so many. Sorry to Zicky Dice for saying that. Uno is a jerk of a person. And I don't know why he's coming at Zicky Dice like this right before Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. But uh, <laughs> the, the work rate of the Dark Order is absolutely incredible. It does annoy me that no referee gives a shit about the tag team rules ever, 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 ever. It drives me absolutely nuts. Um, but if there's a place for it, 10.40 p.m. on a Friday is probably a really fun spot to have it. So I'm kind of with Dax on this. Dax likes to bury people. I also like to bury people, especially you. So 
I will say um, it does bother me how much AEW referees continue not to observe the very, very basic rules of tag team wrestling or to say it's lucha rules or tornado tag or something. Give me some justification about why you're so bad at this other than just having bad referees. Yes. Uh, still fun, mindless action. Sawyer says Reynolds jackknife made me think of Sean's rant about pins on Wednesday, Wednesdays. Uh, I, I don't know the shoot effectiveness of it, but it looks cool as hell. Uh, we've got a complete different channel where eventually one day I can go over a bunch of different pins and which ones are effective and which ones aren't. And I'd love to do that sometime uh, without boring those who don't give a shit on this channel. <laughs> but uh, when I mean, I, I just remember doing seminars with Billy Robinson and him being like the schoolboy roll up sucks ass. Uh, don't, it's not worth even trying, not worth doing in a pro wrestling match unless you're transitioning. I can get real passionate about that. Bob says, look, if you're going to get Stang, get real Stang. Otherwise, I need real Stang to say, hey man, that's gimmick infringement. Oh, well. ShotKid29 says, it's Stang. They got the real Stang. The acclaimed had Stang. By the way, we do have some more super chats that I'll get to in a moment. But I loved this. The acclaimed with a music video talking about Darby and Sting's bromance. They had Stang there. I thought this was, was funny. It was good. It was aesthetically pleasing. This is the heart of, of what I always liked about the acclaimed. Absolutely. I feel like sometimes with Caster you're sitting around waiting for that like one really clever line and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. And if, when you don't, you're like, this is cheesy. And then when it's good, you're like, oh, this is great. So to be able to break out of the, yo, listen, here's four lines thing, I thought was really, really nice and really refreshing. I talk at length about how much I love Bowens. Constantly, I feel like he's so great in this role. And might I put over my good friends at GoPro Wrestling who do a ton of work for filming independent wrestling, uh, especially in the New Jersey area and kind of all over, but they're the ones that have filmed this and a lot of the other acclaimed spots. And I, I just feel like they knocked this out of the park. I don't know what weird ass venues they found in New Jersey to film it at, but kudos to them. This was really fun. And I feel like it's nice to see Caster dig into layers a little bit deeper than the things we see during his entrance every week. Lauren says it's nice of them to finally use Ricky Starks more consistently. Where do you see the Dante team Taz story going? Does Dante beat Starks for the FTW title or is this leading to Darius's return? No, I don't think Dante wins the title. Well, it depends on if Leo Rush is involved because what it has seemed like of late is that everybody wants a piece of Dante Martin. Everybody wants a team with him. Matt Seidel, um, even HFO a little bit, team Taz. Uh, every blue. They, yeah, very clever. Like everybody, but is blood thicker than water or will Darius see this as like a short-term betrayal? I would love to see Darius come back, get in Dante's face, them have a one-off match, then blood is thicker than water, they're back together, they do a trios. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I want to see the brothers end up together. And Dante seems like such a pure baby face based on like his in-ring style, his age, the way he goes about things. Like have him be a, a baby face there. I think if Starks is going to get dethroned some, by someone, it should be Hook for the FTW title. Riga says, uh, general comment, but the last few weeks has made me really excited for the tag feature. Phoenix injury aside, 
King and Black together, Red Dragon and Buck stating they want the titles, mentioning uh, the titles to Proud and Powerful. Briscoe is maybe even feeling hopeful. Yeah, me too. Me too. It is, it's a good thing. Like I, I'm, I'm glad that they're they're revitalizing that. And you know, revitalizing is very important. And being optimistic about your future and your day is very important, Kate. It is. And nothing gets you there better than athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Now, I need to find the overlay for this damn thing, so I'm going to kill some time right now. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> By God, I found it. As it loads up. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Man, this stuff is great. It's got vitamins and minerals, dairy-free probiotics, adaptogens and antioxidants, superfood complexes. Uh, I used to take a multivitamin tablet. It was upsetting my stomach. My strength and conditioning coach said, hey, you should switch it up, try something else, try something more digestible. And he introduced me to greens, specifically athletic greens. So I hit athletic greens up and I said, let's do some work together. And they said, heck yeah. Let's do it. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. One scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole source or whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one daily serving. And it absorbs a lot better. I mean, a lot of times when you take regular multivitamins, they just don't digest. They go right through you and you don't get the benefits that you need from them. Uh, Athletic Greens brings you that comprehensive daily nutrition and it's very simple and they're giving you an immune supporting free one-year supply of vitamin d and five travel packs with your first purchase at athleticgreens.com slash fightful today athleticgreens.com slash fightful as i mentioned uh terminus this weekend and baron black sang the praises on twitter recently so uh athleticgreens.com slash fightful and you'll look exactly like baron black is that a guarantee? Yeah. I'm confident. <laughs> Aiden, Aiden says, I know I'm late, but I'm pretty disappointed in that Andrew Everett match. He's so good and deserved an actual showcase. He ain't getting a showcase unless he is on um unless he's on dark or something like that. Maybe he maybe maybe eventually he'll get one. Is he taller than you or are you taller than him? Because I know it's close. It is very close. We'd have to measure. We have to okay. measure. Andrew Everett, who I first discovered in Ring of Honor, so you could take your jokes and shove them up your butt, Sean. Mm. I don't want to do that. No. Alicia Ellis says, Who day? How excited are you for tomorrow's Bengals game, Sean? I'm very excited. Jeff Hawkins is flying in. We're going to it together. Hoping I get to see the Bengals win their first playoff game in over 30 years. Uh, very excited for that. It's so annoying how likable this group of Bengals are. <laughs> We had SmackDown. Mike JC says, hey, Sean and Kate, do you guys know that if you got thrown over the top rope, you'd be eliminated from the Royal Rumble? Michael Cole needed to tell us four times every time that happened in a match. At this point, I don't even care. I'm such a dork for the Royal Rumble. I mean, between this year and last year, I'll have wrote, wrote over 15,000 words on the on the damn match. So I'm just a sucker for it. I am. <laughs> Do you know where someone could get a perspective from wrestlers who have like been inside the Rumble? I don't. Sorry. Sean. 
Sorry, really? don't put don't put me on the spot like that, please. The Usos came out for a promo, and they're talking about what's next. Well, what's next is a top contender match: Los Lotharios, Cesaro, and Mansoor, who are apparently a team. Viking Raiders and Jinder Mahal and Shanky. This was a lot shorter than I thought, and the Viking Raiders won. To which I ask, why did they lose to Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin last week? To which I follow up, why weren't Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss in this match? To which I reply, why do I care? Why do I even ask these questions? It's very clear last week they had no idea this was going to happen. Um, the finish was great. Viking Raiders are rule, but damn, this they've they've nerfed them so bad. It's kind of fun how many different ways they get to why do I care? Because I feel like that ends up being the end result a lot of times. I don't understand Cesaro and Shanky being it. Sorry, Cesaro and Mansoor being a team at all. I love Cesaro doing the Samoan drop and looking right at the Usos. I don't understand why you would not have a title on Cesaro all the time, forever. Uh, Shanky didn't look great. I am a huge mark for giant suplex off the top rope that involve like three guys getting one guy over. I find that very fun. Uh, but yeah, this was short. I thought the winner was going to be pretty fucking obvious here because it's the only team that's been on television in the past month. Uh, and the only other thing that I felt like was like a little off was this iteration of the Usos did not feel like the bloodline Usos. This felt like silly, goofy on commentary wacky usos which is not mm -hmm. bloodline usos at all to me so i just didn't love like the delivery of how this opened the show but uh yeah this didn't really do a ton for me the viking raiders are always impressive in the match cesaro always blows my mind at some point with whatever he's doing the rest of it was this, this match is right. gonna be this match is gonna be good but like why why could this not have been Mansoor taking the pin last week against Mad Cat Moss and Corbin instead of the team that we're going to? Ugh. I don't know. I'm not used to seeing seven foot two guys in WWE be as thin as Shanky either. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just used to them being 400 pounds yeah, like or 375. So it's weird to see somebody that's like 290 in there. Sami Zayn entered the Royal Rumble, but he did a jackass-esque segment first where he teased going down the ramp in a shopping cart onto another ramp, and they teased it for a very long time, like a painfully long time, a time-killing amount of time until Nakamura and Boogs came out and embarrassed him. The sad reality is we don't have a lot more to talk about in the set, there's not a lot of substance behind this. This felt really time killing, and I was disappointed because I wanted to see Sammy hit that ramp in the the shopping cart, and that really bothers me that he didn't. Sammy Zayn is so entertaining, like such a good example of how you can have one foot in pro wrestling and one in the sports entertainment side of things. This went on for so long, and considering your only women's match on the card, not only women's segment, but your only women's match was literally the shortest one in history, sure felt like you could have put something else there, even though you only have nine women on the SmackDown roster right now, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I wish they had done this, and it was just a little bit 
if they had just made this shorter, I don't think I would have had any complaints about it. I do find it funny that like Sami Zayn going over the top rope, as we said last week, is kind of like how you get into the Royal Rumble. It I think it like. might. I think it might. I think there's a possibility still that that might happen. Uh, but <laughs> also, so, yeah. Boogs is jacked, right? Yeah, What's he this? is. He is jacked. I wish he was good in the ring. Um, so we mentioned Mad Cat Moss. He faced Kofi. This was about, this promo was about taking dumps. Um, Mad Which Cat feels Moss. like Denise should be here. I yeah, feel very Yeah, she should. She should. Mad Cat brings up Poo Day. Kofi says that he was going to drop a deuce on Mad Cat Moss's forehead. They have a match. Mad Cat Moss wins. So it's very clear they see something in Madcap Moss. Paul Heyman did once too. He thought that Madcap Moss was a future top guy. Madcap Moss has something. A terrible fucking outfit is what he has. That's the something that he has. And a terrible gimmick. I could not imagine booking someone to win matches over a former main eventer wearing that bullshit <laughs> and with that gimmick. Because it... It undermines the purpose of beating a guy like Kofi Kingston to do it. Wearing dumb shit like that, it it, it was like the Damian Priest thing. The one time he's been pinned, sure, it was a handicap match, but it was with the Miz's pants around his ankles. It undermines any credibility that that has by doing it with such a stupid-ass situation. And boy, do I hope that Madcap Moss can salvage this because it sucks real bad. I don't understand who it helps at all. Like, it doesn't help him. It doesn't help his opponent. It's not helping Corbin. I. It seems like they're going to split up eventually, right? But like, A, we should have gotten there four months ago. And B, who cares? Um, and it's a shame because I think he's pretty good in the ring. Him looking like a Flintstone that works at Chippendales, not great. Uh, I don't understand the attire. I get that the jokes aren't supposed to be funny. This wasn't even really a, a dad joke. This was just dumb. And, like, they're not even sneaky wins. Like, his gimmick is completely unrelated to what actually happens in the ring. Like, this whole thing is just a mess, man. Like... It's such a curse to straddle your performers with. It's real bad. Like, I've tried yeah. to think of anything that's as dumb that I've seen. And I know I have because it's, it's wrestling. Sh- there's all kinds bad. of gimmicks that suck like that. Turn on NXT 2.0 sometime. Oh, wait, you review it for six hours every Tuesday. This, I think, is worse than pretty much anything that's on there. Yeah, it is. is. It is. This is one of the worst things yeah. I've ever seen on TV. But, I mean, like, I saw Beaver Cleavage and... Uh, I saw Oklahoma and like all kinds of dumb shit too. Cadillac Carson says, Sean, my mom is a Raiders fan. What am I supposed to do? Disown her. But first, steal her credit card and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com because ahead, or actually following this segment, Fightful reported that Lita was in talks for a major 2021 AEW run. We've got details on what happened, uh, what was going to happen, when it was, who it was supposed to be with, FightfulSelect.com. Not only that, we have a big update on Jake Something's impact contract 
And if you say who, first off, use Google. Second off, close your jaw after you're done doing this. When you see that sirloin beef son's a bitch, because he's probably getting some offers somewhere. Also, we had details on what was going to happen on SmackDown, which was Charlotte interrupting Lita. Now, Lita had the most buzz of anything today, Kate. And she came out and she was like, there was no Royal Rumble when I was around. I think I got a run left in me, which popped a lot of people, got a lot of people really excited. And uh, let me tell you, AEW believes she had a run in her too. And she says, I think I can go main event WrestleMania. And Charlotte said, no, because I'm going to do it. And I'm going to pick literally anybody but you. Uh, Charlotte took the most half-hearted bump on a twist of fate that I have ever seen. Literally, Matt Hardy, who invented the move, took a crate, uh, took a package pile driver on his dome this week. And Charlotte is like 15 years younger. <laughs> Did the like this little patty cake bump on this. I loved just Lita being there. I dug the promo. I liked the setup. It got people thinking that Lita could win this Rumble, Kate. It did. So, first of all, I was teeing up your Royal Rumble insider thing. And I was like, oh, he doesn't want to get too plug heavy. That's why he didn't say it. And now you're coming out here with inside the Inside the Royal Rumble. There it drops in a couple weeks. The reason that I brought it up is because it looks sincerely really, really cool. And if Bret Hart is in it, he's probably burying Hulk Hogan. Well, that was, that was last year's. It watched the product. Uh, that was last year's. I dropped inside the Royal Rumble one last year that had Bret Hart and all kinds of people in it. But I'm dropping a second one. And I'll give you guys a little hint. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole are part of this one, among other people. Um, you know, multiple winners in both editions. I've spoken to a lot of people. Some got some humorous stuff too. Talk to the Bushwhackers about <laughs> the Bushwhacker moment. Talk to Scotty Too Hotty about never being able to make it to the goddamn ring for his. So there's a lot of different stuff in there. It's not like an all-encompassing, like, here's the whole history. It is a series of really fun stories uh, and how it works, like who puts together the match, how far ahead people find stuff out. Uh, you can watch or you can read the first one. Um, the second one will be out in a couple weeks. And then I'm going to take a break from those because those consume a whole lot of my time over a year. And what I might do next year is combine one and two and then add to it as I like sort of do that and do a revision each year. But Lita and Charlotte, uh, Nurguru oh. says... Charlotte Cell is, if that's anything to go by, I'll pass on that match. Give me Lita <laughs> Bailey, please, and thanks. Woof, that Cell. That's, I can you even call it a Cell? I try to never to judge anybody who's doing a single move in high heels because I can't even imagine, but no. So as far as Lita and AEW goes, I was like screaming about this for months. I was, especially where the women's division was at like a year ago. I was just like, she's right there. Go get Amy Dumas behind the scenes. Put it agenting matches, doing something. Um, so at least they had made an effort. I don't know why you don't give her absolutely everything she would want, but I guess I'll just have to read about it if I will select. Uh, but I'm, I'm always excited to see her on my screen. This segment actually felt awkward to me a little bit. Um kind of until Charlotte came out. Weirdly, I feel like that's when it got more grounded until the awful sell. But 
I've said a couple of times, this is one of my favorite iterations of Charlotte and one of my least favorite, least effective reigns that she's had because of the booking and the creative that have gone into it. I think she's done so, so well in this role. I loved her bringing back all of the stuff about Trish and seeing yeah. and facing her at SummerSlam because Lita called her bestie minutes beforehand. I think it's great. I don't think Lita's winning the Rumble. Uh, I don't think she would need to to main event WrestleMania. She's fucking Lita. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as a female wrestling fan, how is she not one of the biggest inspirations in the world to you? It's it's so incredible seeing her on, on screen again. I think they should. Oh, my gosh. I think what WWE should do is Lita and Trish against the Divas of Doom eventually for the tag titles. That's like in my head is like, how will they fill out a WrestleMania card? Lita and Trish, Divas of Doom. Doom. That would be a lot of fun. And it's like, I don't give a shit if somebody qualifies to win that title at this point. There are no other teams. So just show up at this point. Whatever. They have like two and then one of them split. So it's basically just the champions. Guys, get in your super chats and your humper chats. Humperchats.com. Also, go to FightfulMag.com. We have the newest edition of Fightful Magazine featuring Dan Housen on the cover. Uh, We've got articles about Minoru Suzuki, Retro Gaming. Nate Marquardt, former UFC title challenger, wrote for us, as well as EC3. Make sure you guys check that out as well. Joey Bag of Donuts goes, what's bigger, CM Punk or CM Punk's push or Kate's glasses? <laughs> I am Hector says, did either of you see the Wendy's Twitter account destroy the AEW one? I'm a proud AEW mark, but it was hysterical. Man, I don't give a damn about brand accounts. I, oh, I didn't see it, but Wendy's is damn. notoriously hilarious on Twitter. So I'm sure it was a pretty funny dunk. They, Sounds like no- something that somebody who works in PR would say. Natalia's backstage bragging about her world records. I love this gimmick and I love what she does on Twitter. Like her goals for 2021 or 2022 were to hold her hands up and go, yeah, more. Like I love it. And Nurguru says celebrating a match lasting three seconds, let alone a women's match, is an idea straight out of 95. This was embarrassing and shameful. I disagree. I heartily disagree because this is playing off of Natalia's record-breaking situation, and now Aaliyah has the record, and I was going to naysay it. I timed it, man. That was swift. From bell to bell, real swift. However, I don't know why WWE hasn't done it yet, but you can do something quicker than a three count. You can just have them tap out immediately, and you can do it in like one second. But they haven't done that yet. Aaliyah is fine. And quite frankly, the shorter the match, probably the better at this stage with her. Uh, Kate, what'd you think of this match? So <laughs> what'd you think of the match? <laughs> yeah, well, man, my favorite spot in it was the one spot that happened. No, so I actually liked this a lot too. I felt like there were a lot of really good things here. One, I feel like this gimmick feels very much in the heart dynasty namesake like to be talking about your record breaking and i i don't know it just it felt a little serena deebish to me with her being the professor but the professor feels like bret hart so i kind of really really liked this um and i also think it's nice to call out the fact that natalia actually is really fucking good at this despite the fact that she's never really pushed so i really liked it the only thing i didn't need was the actual carrying of the book like there's 
it's very WWE to be like, here's the, if you're not going to beat the shit out of her with that book after that loss, that was to me the missed opportunity. Like Natalia should have beat the crap out of her with, with that book. Um, I, I would like if that book, like on each page had a different record that Charlotte held in WWE. Cause like, like get a statistician and every time she goes, Oh, I love that. You're talking to the woman who has appeared on the most consecutive episodes of SmackDown, yada, yada, what a, whatever it is. And like, they get more outrageous each time. Like I you're talking to the woman that beat Eve Torres in three minutes and 28 <laughs> seconds. On a SmackDown in 2012. Like, I would remember love. In, um, in Major League when he's like, north of the Mason Dixon line at yeah. home. So, that's something yeah. to, like the Euchre spot would be perfect for this. I love that I idea. Love Just a few things like that. I don't need her holding the book. I it, They treat you like a five year old. I wrote a couple other examples in this episode. Roman Reigns being like, I would have chosen someone else from your household to be a superstar. I mean, Becky. I'm like, yeah, no, I figured it wasn't the infant there. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> or never like know. the telegraphing with the Alex is mad. Look at him. Alex is mad about everything. You no, mad. I, you mad. I get I get the complaints, but I also feel like Aaliyah's probably not great yet. So to <laughs> me. She's been, she was at the Performance Center for six years. What, what else? Like, what, what are you going to? When you picking it up, like this hides her weaknesses. I I think the wrestling, bars... <laughs> yes, wrestling. But oh. like Carmella's greatest strengths are in the ring, but they compensate in other sure. ways. Like I think I actually did, but but <laughs> I yeah, like it hides her weaknesses, which is doing literally anything in the ring. She has the fastest victory in the women's I know. division history. So what are but you like, talking about, you casual? I don't you know what that's a really good point. But <laughs> I normally this is just how low the bar is, I think. I'm like, well, there's a story and there's a heel who's bragging about something and the face is taking it away. Like I'm actually pretty okay with it. I would have preferred if this was in the context of there also being more women's wrestling, but I actually kind of liked this because it's also just like a feud that we're having it's not i don't know a yeah. queen's crown tournament or something and as joel points out it's harmless funny shit under card fodder yeah it doesn't bother me well sonia naomi what's with the temperature <laughs> was that the gimmick was naomi trying to get her to take Put your earbuds uh, back in. Was Naomi trying to get her to take the jacket off? Was that why the temperature changed? Because the whole thing was, as long as Sonya has the jacket on, she can't be touched. So I know you hate this. I know you do. I'm just pleased that WWE has stretched out a storyline and not had people actually wrestle 70 times. So to me, it's a slight glimmer of hope. But I'm giving it way too much credit. And I'm telling yes. you guys, I'm giving it way too much credit. But my bar is extremely lowered. This is like doing the high jump, but it's it's like a strand of floss across the doorway. Like, you, you can make it over there. We all know you can. Dude. And oh, oh, I got things God. to say. I got things to say. <laughs> First off, Luis says she took the jacket off because of all the heat. Holy Ray is uh, so excited. But for months, we've been looking for a reason why Sonya hates Naomi. 
And Naomi's like, hey, tell me, because it's really annoying. And she goes, because you waltz in here like a star when you're just a supporting player. To which I reply, fuck off. That is a terrible idea, a terrible reason. Think of something else. Find some Total Divas clip that everybody forgot about or some deleted scene and use that because this sucks. Man. I hate this. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, I would rather I would rather Sonia just hate monster mini golf and she doesn't feel the glow. I hate this so much. It's so stupid. She basically said she hates Naomi for having confidence. Uh, she doesn't walk in there like a star. She actually just is a star and she was getting no push at all before this. So I don't know what waltzing she was doing, but if that was a concern, I don't know. Take that up with your champion who is walking around calling herself the queen and saying she's the best to ever do this on several occasions. No, 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 no to all of this. I hate it so much. And the jacket stuff. Oh, there's two jacket gimmicks. One is tag team and NXT 2.0, and that sucks. And this jacket situation where they go, oh, it's so cold in here. It's very odd. Very so odd. Uh, Charlotte has a match with Naomi next week because Adam Pierce made it happen. Uh, championship contenders match which isn't that, again, as I've been telling you guys, it is not a top contender match. It is simply just a non-title match. No, but That's they did it. a great job of that in that promotion that you crapped all over before called Ring of Honor. I guess, if anybody watched it. Um, Sheamus versus Ricochet. Sheamus says that Ricochet, or, or maybe it was the commentator, said that Ricochet accidentally broke Ridge Holland's nose, to which I reply, no. Why would you say that? Just say that he broke his nose. Don't say accidentally. Uh, they had a match in case you had never seen them wrestle 42 times before. Spoiler, you probably have. And if you say, well, no, I haven't, you just forgot. You just forgot. That's the thing. They did this whole gimmick where, where he stole Sheamus's hat and then Humberto came out and all that stuff. Like We've seen it before. We've seen it a, a bunch of times before, I guarantee you. Um, man, I, I think of at least, gosh, five times last year I saw it. I, I'm, I don't want it anymore. I'm done with it. I'm over it. And just like, why? So also I tweeted, I feel like Seamus broke into the Vaude villains closet for wardrobe. I don't know what he was wearing either. Um, seen it a whole bunch it was a decent enough match ricochet is never anything short of like a superhero when he's on television i've seen it a bunch and speaking of seeing things a bunch hear me out ricochet should join ridge holland and seamus yeah but he's not irish listen yes he claims he's irish and then he is rick o shay Perfect. Done. I'm in. And they can Rick face... Rick O'Shea. Rick, Rick O'Shea. O'Shea. Your greatest thought since Tall Paul. And they can face Madcap and uh, Happy Corbett. It'll be perfect. It'll be the most gimmicky stuff in the world. But so we saw this a hundred times. And then, 
And then, Sean, I get a commercial for SmackDown in Brooklyn. And you know what they're promoting for SmackDown in Brooklyn oh boy, in late that? March? What's Usos that? versus The New Day. Finally. Well, that, yeah, finally. <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. Dante says at least it wasn't Booker T, Triple H, a small step in the right direction. Yeah, I guess. I would like something to make sense. Uh, it would make sense if you guys sent a super chat or a humper chat because we're heading down the home stretch, my friends. Shield, reunion, kind of, two-thirds. I would love it if Kurt Angle was there. You could really round, round it out. Seth and Roman. Seth tries to get Roman Reigns to do the 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 shield fist bump and roman says that's beneath me uh that's beneath me and roman is like seth if i wanted to face a star i wouldn't have picked you not from raw not even from your house i'd have picked your wife usos come out try to attack simple stuff really wish adam pierce would have said the reason seth rollins got this and i handpicked him was because he deserved it and his match on Raw got changed four times up until the point to where it changed the day of, and he earned that title shot in a ladder match. So I'm giving it to him. That's all he needed to say. It would have made a wonderful amount of sense. The little, the the, the Becky line got a few oohs from the crowd, but not nearly as many as I thought. Uh, Yeah, I didn't need him. Like I said earlier, I didn't need him to be like, get it, because Becky, like, like he yeah, could have yeah. just left it at your own household. Let me be smart enough to deduce it. I did really, man, Seth Rollins is so good at this. Like, even in this weird drip, come out lo looking like Michael Jackson thing, he points out that he has beaten Roman in the past a lot. And what a beautiful, easy way to make an argument for yourself that you should be facing someone like, you're on this unbeatable reign. I thought it was a great way to put Roman over now as being so dominant, but pointing out, like, hey, I beat the old version of you. I deserve a whack at the new version of you. And I like Roman saying, like, I ain't even that guy anymore. This felt like really yes. good storytelling. But it also does feel like they kind of just pushed everything with Brock Lesnar off a cliff. <laughs> like, we had this whole other story, and then Seth knocked on the door like a maniac. And Brock is just, just set aside now. Like, all right. <laughs> Paul Kamen doesn't care about either of them, I guess. Like, Yeah, I think eventually more. we'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. But, like, you had this entire thing going, and now it's just not there. So uh, <laughs> an explanation would be nice. Uh, Nurguru says, with the crowd pop, if Wild Thing hit during this. Yes, immensely. And uh, welcome back, John Moxley. He is booked for the world on GCW, which makes me very happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Nurguru says, Roman acknowledging Becky was great content when are we getting Roman versus Becky for the Universal title? I bet they would have a fun match, legitimately. I mean, a lot of people would hate it, but it, I bet it would be fun. I thought the fist bump line was way better, saying that that was beneath him now. I thought that was way, way better. I like that a lot. Mark Losper says, I tune back in and Sean's Rick O'Shea joke is the first thing I hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't know Madcap Moss joined Fightful and was guest hosting the show. <laughs> you just got dunked on, son. I guess. I guess I, I did. I said some dumb shit, but no one's ever called me Madcap Moss. Guys, FightfulSelect.com. We would greatly appreciate it if you guys subscribed. 
Uh, we have interviews with Joey Janela and uh, Matt Cardona going up before next week's big weekend. But we got a big weekend this weekend. Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. Check it out. Zicky's been good to Fightful, giving us a lot of interviews. Saturday or Sunday, Terminus. I'm so excited for this show. Make sure you guys check it out. Kate, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me at Kate on Deck IC on Twitter. You can also find me on Tuesdays going out of my mind with Alex on Sour Graps. Uh, and you can find me on Wednesdays at Mark Order Pod, where we talk all things all elite. Thank you all so much. FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.